Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beauty Needs Me. I'm Talia Griffin and I'm here with my co-host Dunio Dumasu. Hey, and if you're new to this space, on this show we take a different approach to beauty. You'll still get products, recommendations, and routines, but we like to discuss beauty from a global perspective, one that crosses color, culture, and country lines. On this episode, we spoke with founder Blair Armstrong. Blair is the creator of the luxury body care brand Gilded. Blair is a dermatological PA who launched her brand in 2015. Marble is the highlight of the aesthetic of the brand and the brand's signature product, the Marble Body Brush, has been featured everywhere. The brand also features luxurious bath salts, candles, and body balms. What was one of your favorite parts, Dooney? Oh, there were so many. I really loved hearing Blair's story of how she grew up. Mm. She grew up in foster care and the impact that that had on how she saw herself and beauty, which was not negative, um, by the way. I also really appreciated hearing about the level of self-confidence that she's always had in herself and how that has allowed her to persevere through physician's assistant school and creating her own brand. And lastly, (laughs) so many moments. (laughs) There's so many. There's so many. I really loved hearing how travel has inspired her brand and how she's infused her love of architecture to create this brand of luxury. Loved it. It it really was just really interesting hearing how she kind of fused her love for art history with beauty to create a brand. It's something that I wouldn't even think happened. And Mm -hmm. the way she was able to kind of gel it just made me feel like, okay, no matter what you're doing, even if you feel like you're going down two completely different paths, they can meet somewhere in the middle. Absolutely. And essentially Blair is like my soulmate. So um, so you can find Gilded on their website as well as Retailer 13 Loon. Blair also gave us insider scoop that the brand will be available at sex very soon. Yay, Blair. If you're not subscribed to the pod, please do so. We also appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts. And of course, keep up with us on Instagram at at Beauty Needs Me. Let's get into the show. Blair, we are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're just going to hop right in because we have tons of things to talk to you about. So first, um, give us a little background on your experience with beauty growing up. How was beauty exemplified in your household? Okay, so for me, I've always been really into beauty and taking care of myself. So growing up... um, I didn't have much exposure to beauty outside of what I saw in magazines. So I would say the Essence and the Ebony magazines would be my source of beauty. But I was always into um, fashion and beauty and skincare. I love that. So growing up within your your family, did everyone kind of look similar. So me me and Dooney talk about this a lot, how I grew up in a family of diverse skin tones and in, in her family, everyone was one complexion. Did you feel like you were represented as far as beauty within your, your immediate family? So that's a really tricky space for me because I'm a foster kid and, you know, I didn't really look to, there weren't people for me to look to for beauty. Mm. So 
I would say um, there were, I had teachers who were really influential in my life who would say, um, you're pretty, um, you know, I had one teacher in particular who, who said to me that you have very beautiful skin and don't ever feel bad um, if you're the only brown girl in the room. That's very so powerful. It really was, you know. So I think maybe she foresaw something that I did not. Yeah. Yeah. So and if you don't, if you if you don't mind me asking, did you grow up in the Atlanta area? I did. I'm an Atlanta native. Yes. Okay. And so were um, most of the foster families that you spent time with were they black or were they mixed of? Races? So. Sometimes not all um, foster kids get families. Sometimes I was the foster kid who would just be in the the homes. Got it. So I would rotate between foster home or sometimes with my grandmother and different places. Got it. So So, essence. Oh, please go ahead. So one of the very best things that happened to me was being old enough to work to be able to take care of myself because then I could control where I live. Understood, understood. So when you say that a lot of your, I guess, beauty influences came from from Essence and those various magazines, is that how you really kind of built your idea of beauty? And is that what really governed to you, um, you know, what was beautiful? Because, you know, back to Talia's point, she and I typically talk about what we saw either in our families or what like our moms told us and, and things that we picked up from the women in our, in our household. So just trying to understand how that was for you. So um, can you say the question again? I'm sorry. Sure. So where most of your, most of your influences on beauty came from the magazines? I would say yes, they came from magazines and beauty supply stores. Yeah. Ah. Posters in beauty supply stores. I, this is a really great question. I've always been very strongly attracted to my idea of beauty and wanting to be beautiful. What was that? What is what was that idea of beauty? It was taking care of myself, lipstick, lip gloss, presenting myself um, in the best way I knew how to the world. This is like it's a far more interesting story than I was even prepared for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because um, when when researching you, your journey from being, you know, a dermatology accountant into dermatology. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like and I mean, I wonder how did you find that that passion to really kind of move yourself forward in that way? So wow, this is a great question. Okay, so let me start by saying this, and it may be a bit strange to hear, but it's really my truth. I think. I was born different, if I can just be honest with you. Please. Please. (laughs) There are some things I knew without anybody telling me. I knew I was smart and I thought very highly of myself. I always knew I could accomplish and do anything I wanted to if I just set my mind to it. My path. How did I, how did this happen? I I always worked really hard. School was very easy for me. Um, I had really great and supportive teachers. I was an exchange student. I went to France and that may have had some impact on how I see the world. 
I've always viewed myself as a citizen of the world and thought about things and life and my experiences in a global manner. Okay, so I worked really hard. I participated in everything in high school. I got scholarships to go to different places, but I didn't really have the family support. So I didn't feel comfortable to go outside the state, even though in hindsight, I wish I had. So basically I just studied and applied myself. I um, graduated number two in my high school. I really wanted to be number one. I worked hard to be number one, but it didn't happen because I started working, I think, maybe when I was 13 years old. And so I would you know, go to school during the day and right after high school, I would go to work at my fast food job. I and love this. I yeah. know, I'm, I'm, We're like captivated right now. My and mind so, is blown. <laughs> so I, I also, in middle school, I ran for president of the school and I didn't, I didn't win. And it was crushing to me because I believed I was the best, the best person for the job. In middle school. (laughs) In middle school. Yeah. I was like, I'm the smartest. I should be president. And I didn't win. And that stuck with me. So when I went to high school, I ran for the queen of the high school. And you better believe this time I won. And this is (laughs) how I won. I printed posters of myself in my prom dress and hung them all over the school, in the kitchen, (laughs) in the cafeteria on every floor of the high school. And I would get to school before the school buses would arrive. And I passed out candy to all of the people getting off the bus. And I won the queen of my (laughs) high school. Look at this influence. (laughs) Look, an entrepreneur out the gate. (laughs) I refused to lose. I just wasn't gonna lose again. And um, when I went to France, I was so excited. I, obviously, I didn't have very much money, but I was best dressed in the exchange program. I went to the local thrift store and bought blazers, beautiful blouses, silk blouses and trousers and really nice shoes. It was the very best I could do. And even um, the administrators of the program remarked, this is how we want our city to, re- to be represented. You have to care to look your best. And for me, I, when I look good, I feel good. And it translates into confidence in you know, different areas of my life. So did you go to France? Was this exchange program while you were in high school or in college? Yeah, it was in high school. I love that. I love that. I was just talking to my friend about how uh, there's so much importance in exposing children to the world before college, like giving them that international experience. Cause I, I do believe that it really helps to shape their view. I also think you said something really important, which is you already had the confidence in yourself and then you added on looking good. Cause I think a lot of times when people think about others putting effort into their outward appearance. I think Mm -hmm. there's sometimes this connotation of, oh, you're doing that because you are trying to mask or, you know, you're trying to like, you have like a false sense of confidence, you know, or you're, you're trying to, I don't know, like just project outwardly because you're lacking on the inside. And I love that this was just something that was complementary to what was already innately um, there. 
Yeah. I always say validation is for parking. It's like, you know, it's, just like it's like you do not need anyone's approval to get out there and do what you feel you need to do for yourself. If you feel like like all of that confidence has to come from within. If people who know you can, you know, uplift you, so be it. But it's never necessary, you know. I like that. That's so true. And I agree with you, Joni, that um something you said, it really resonated with me about um, exposure. Exposure is so important for young girls because for me, some things I needed to see to be able to realize that they were for me too. Mm. Well, even when we look, and and I know, you know, we haven't even really introduced the brand to the listeners yet, but Mm -hmm you know, the, the pillars in which your brand is, is founded on the aesthetics of it with like you being influenced by architecture and by art. I absolutely love that. Like your products are beautiful. Like your candles, the sustainability of it, the brush, like everything is so aesthetically pleasing. And I'm really like, I'm such an architecture nerd. Like when I go to different cities, I literally take pictures as I'm walking. Um, (laughs) when I walk with people, they're like, like, come on, stop. Like you're doing it again, but I'm captivated. I like, I love Gothic architecture. I love like, just especially it's one of the reasons I love Europe is because of just how old this, you know, it is like you, there's just architecture that exists that you don't see that in other places. So I really love how you've woven that into your brand. So like how intentional was that? Like when you, I know you did a lot of researching even into the name of you know, what you were going to name your brand, but just in terms of the aesthetics, like how, where did all that come from? So this is a wonderful question. I wanted to live in Europe many years ago and I sold almost everything I had and I took a one-way trip, ticket and trip to Europe. And I went to almost maybe eight or 10 cities just to sort of um, live there and get the feel and the vibe. One of my favorite cities is Prague. And what I like about European cities is that they were planned very well, very Mm. thoughtful architecture, uh, and things were built to last. Mm -hmm. And I studied how um, Prague was built, and I was really fascinated about by it. So with my brand, it's sort of the manifestation or uh, the product of all the things I find beautiful, uh, timeless, luxurious, I would say. You know, I'm just really fascinated how you even came up with the idea to create a beauty brand. Because typically when you think of something like dermatology and then you think of something like neoclassical art, they don't Mm -hmm. marry (laughs) together. It's like, how did you even find that intersection between your passions? So I love museums. My ideal vacation is a vacation to, to, to look at art, architecture, study history and cities. I, I'm not a beach oh, girl. You are I my kindred spirit. I I'm a beach girl. Are. I'm a beach girl, but I literally, there is no city I go to that I will not visit the museums that like you, I sorry, took my nephew when he was seven. We took a family trip. We went to London. I literally dragged him through the museum and was explaining all of the art pieces to him. Like, that is my thing. I love it. It's my thing too. I like 
things that are built to last, things that are mm-hmm. timeless. Like, you know, it's wonderful to, to be able to look at the neoclassical sculpture, sculptures, how the, the artists saw this in a, a block of marble. Like, how incredible is that? Yeah. So um, for my brand, I always loved taking care of myself even before Instagram. And I wanted to make body care because, you know, there's a face care product for nearly every single concern. Yes. There's a face care product at every single price point. But when I started, there the only places to get body care would be the bigger box stores. You know, like you could get products that have certain fragrance or, you know, a body wash. There really weren't elevated thoughtful body care products. And that's what I set out to do. I noticed in my routine and in my patients' routines that body care was lacking. I also saw firsthand what happens when you really only focus on the face and 30, 40, 50 years later, you come in and then you have maybe precancerous or cancerous um, parts on your body that have to be biopsied. It's just Mm. You know, it doesn't make sense when you think about mm-hmm. the skin on our face. This is 3% and the rest is like 97%. So we all know that when we take care of our face, it's really important because it's how we present ourselves to the world. Yeah. And people, you know, judge you on your looks. And we, we all know that. But for me, when I take a nice bubble bath or I do a body care routine, it's really restorative. Yep. It's a moment for me to stop and to really pour into myself, to take care of myself for me. And I always feel better about, I always feel better mentally about whatever it is, or just, it it makes me feel good. It makes me feel relaxed and happy when I take care of my body. Right. Yeah. Dooney and I are really into body care. We've we've discussed it plenty of times. I personally have told a story about how when I developed depression, I developed it literally from the inside out. And when it manifested outwardly, it was the skin on my legs and butt that that was highly affected. Like my face was fine. The skin on my legs was literally like cracking. Like it oh, was no. It was insane. So walk us through your ideal body care experience because you made it sound lovely. (laughs) And I feel like we need to do whatever you're doing. Okay, so for me, I really enjoy day bathing. I think taking a bath in the morning is the ultimate luxury. So I just want to drop, put that out there. I took a bath at 2 p.m. yesterday. So isn't it wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) I watched This Is Us and then I took a bath. (laughs) So I'm really into dry brushing, obviously. And I start my routine um, with dry brushing. And depending on my mood or my time, I'll take a nice bath or a nice shower. And I love my moisturizer, the Supreme Body Balm. It's great. And on days where I don't use when I don't dry brush, I'll use um, a body polish. So I try to take my time with my body care rather than just rushing through it and, you know, putting on some lotion. So one of the things that I noticed with your ingredients, um, they don't, they don't come across as like medical grade 
products, which I think that just at the onset, when I, knowing your background um, as a dermatologist um, PA, I would have just like thought that, okay, there's, this is, this will be a medical grade product, but that's very not what this line is, which I really, I really like about that. Was that, was that intentional? And like, what did you, how did you go about figuring out what the building blocks or your star ingredients would be? Okay. So my, I wanted to start with the basics first, because I think it's, it's an easier thing to adopt. And I really believe that we should, in some ways, we, we have to accept our bodies the way they are, be more body positive mm-hmm. rather than um, I need to change this or I need to fix that. You know, we get so many messages about how, what we can do to change our body. And I think it's okay mm-hmm. to just love the skin we're in. And also starting out, my, my products and my line are love projects. It's not a money grab, you know, mm. I'm a small business and it just wasn't feasible to start out with a 10 or 15 product range. So right. I wanted to make the basics and really elevate the basics. You know, we all, we sometimes feel good when we use premium or luxurious face care products. And so I wanted to bring that to the basics of body care first. And I do plan to add some products for body acne and some other conditions. Okay. Can we some talk? The, oh, go ahead. Some of the products on the market, I don't like to overpromise and underdeliver. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to make something, it's going to be backed by science and evidence-based. Okay. And to come up with the ingredients. So I started this when I was in PA school. One of the things I learned in medical school is how to read medical journals, how to research uh, ingredients. And I picked ingredients that were proven to be effective, mm. not based on trends. Although it's, it is good to you know, look at what's trending because you want to make things that people will be interested in. I wanted to make something that could really stand the test of time. I love some luxury heritage brands and I wanted to um, bring that to body care. So one of your, one ingredient that I noticed is in a number of your products, help me pronounce this. Is it Kupakao butter? Kupawasu. Kupawasu. I've actually never heard of that before. Ever. Mm -mm. So it's a a Brazilian nut butter. And what's really nice about it is that it holds up to 400% of its weight in water. Mm. Oh, so that's how you're introducing, I guess, hydration into your skin. Okay. And so it has a really beautiful natural fragrance or aroma, and it has an an incredible texture. The studies on Kupawasu butter are really great and really favorable for its benefits for the skin. So that... I wanted that to be one of the star ingredients. So basically it has the same function as hyaluronic acid. Close and even more. One of the other things it's good for is it has um, properties that protect the skin against the sun. Now, there are no equivalents to proper protection with sunscreen, Mm -hmm. but it does have some protective factors for protecting our skin against the sun. I really like that. I, yeah. um, 
I, one of the things I've, I've talked about often on this podcast is how in the winter I struggle so much with dry skin. So I was really intentional this winter with purchasing humidifiers and with switching up my, um, my body care routine to like introduce body oils that I put on like right after the shower and switching up my, my moisturizer. Never heard of a Kupuasu though. So I'm really, I'm really excited to, to see what that's about because I, I, you know, before we started this podcast, Talia and I started this in June, I really didn't put a lot of care into or attention into my body care. It like the first time I started dry brushing was last August. So that's all very new to me. And I feel like I haven't really heard a lot of attention placed on body care, period. Like Talia said, you know, we've said on podcasts that, you know, there's, you have to take care of your body skin as well. Um, but you're right. There's so much more attention that's placed on your, the skin on your face. Um, and (laughs) your body's just kind of left hanging out in the wind, which is, which is crazy. (laughs) It is. But why is that one? I think it's because we are marketed heavily marketed face care products. Mm-hmm. And, and our faces said, are falling apart because of it. It's like, we can't use everything. Right, <laughs> right. Right. So I like to, one of the things I say in sort of our um, messaging is that body care is skincare too. And I also want to, I, I practice a body first approach. I used to do the 10 step or numer- many step face care routine. And my, my, my skin responded. It was glowing. It was beautiful. I got compliments all the time, but even I noticed that body care for me was an afterthought. So I wanted to change that personally and to help others do so. And so the products, I wanted to make products that you want to look at, that you will say, this is nice. I want to use it. And you Mm -hmm. definitely do. Like I discovered your brand through the marble body brush and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. It replaced my little Amazon one that was falling apart. And I was like, (laughs) I'm like, you, you feel like it's an actual experience when you're using your products. Can you take a second to just explain to us the benefits of body brushing or dry brushing? Cause I feel like you're the go. Sure. So there's so many benefits of body brushing and dry brushing. And let me tell you why I made it marble. I wanted the brush, some of the wooden brushes will warp if they're left in moist or damp environments. And I didn't like that. I think that when we shop and when we buy things, it's an opportunity for us to make a statement about who we are and what's Mm -hmm. important to us. I I want things in my life that are meaningful and have purpose. And I don't want to be the fat, the support fast shopping or um, Mm -hmm. temporary things where, you know, you feel the need that you have to buy the latest and greatest things. I want to buy something that's beautiful, that works once and have it for as long as, you know, it lasts. So I didn't want it to be something that you have to replace soon. And it's, you can buy, um, Black-owned hair care in many places, but one of the places where we don't have very much representation is in luxury spaces. It's very true. And yep. black women, we love luxury. Yes, we, we love do. luxury. We can make luxury, and I like nice things. So <laughs> I'm with Blair. I'm like you are. I'm right on your train. 
So I wanted to say, hey, we should be in luxury spaces too. Okay, so let's talk. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm okay. No, because I need you to tell me how to use the body brush properly. I feel like I'm doing a great job, but I feel like I need to hear the words from you. Okay, so (laughs) it's best to dry brush before your shower or bath, usually first thing in the morning. Dry brushing stimulates your neurological system. I don't know if you feel like this sensation when you you dry brush, Mm -hmm. but you want to start at your feet. And you, you want to always brush in the direction of your heart. So let's say you start with your left foot and you use long, gentle strokes up your leg and you go up the entire leg. Then you do the opposite side. When it comes to your hands, you want to start at your hand and, and then you want to stroke up your arm towards your shoulder. And for your abdomen, you want to um, do that in a circular motion. So Why in a circular motion? Because it's thought that um, dry brushing in a circular motion is good for um, digestion. Mm. So, so, are, that, so you're not supposed to do a circular motion on your legs? Because I, I do circular motions. My legs, my arms, I'm circles all over I my body. I told you we needed to hear from you because I've been circling too. So <laughs> really? I've been doing circles too. I don't think that circles are wrong, but if you want to promote lymphatic drainage, you'll want to do in a, a lengthwise manner going up. That is exactly what I'm trying to promote. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was doing that with my circles. There we go. Okay, so lengthwise legs and arms circles on your abdomen. Okay. Right. Yep. That's right. So some of the benefits of dry brushing are it encourages and promotes lymphatic drainage. So lymph flows throughout the body and it, your lymph node, um, we've all heard of lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it helps to eradicate waste from your body. And so the pressure um, used with dry brushing is thought to um, encourage that. It's also really good for mechanical expo- exfoliation. So a sugar scrub or a salt scrub is also exfoliation. There's manual exfoliation and then there's chemical exfoliation. Chemical exfoliation would be using something like a product with salicylic acid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know. Just like, you know, you exfoliate your face. It's really important to exfoliate your body. Yeah. yeah. Can you do dry brushing even if you're not going to shower afterwards? Can't, of course you, you can. Just do it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, For me, okay. dry brushing feels like someone, uh, you know, that, that wonderful feeling when someone scratches your back. That's what dry oh. brushing feels like to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cozy. And, yeah. And how many? Please go ahead, Blair. It's invigorating to me when I do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. Or if I had to do a night bath, sometimes I'll do it at night. And how many times a week do you recommend dry brushing? So it depends on your skin. So I would say start every other day until you build up the tolerance. You'll have to see what your skin, how your skin responds. And you'll have to use pressure based on what feels good for you. Like you don't want to be too aggressive, but you also want to use enough pressure that you're actually exfoliating the skin. 
And how often should we replace our dry brushes? So the good thing about the gilded body brush is that when you notice that your dry brush is worn, you send it to us. We replace the strap and the disc of bristles. So it's, yeah, it's much, it's much less waste, much less wasteful than, you know, having the wooden brushes. It's a luxury experience. It's a luxury experience. I have very expensive shoes that if I send them in, they replace that heel. Exactly. That that toe, like that's, that's what it should be. Yeah. I really love, excuse me, the sustainability of your products Mm -hmm. and this, this line. It's amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make things that would last. And you've done a phenomenal job. Like you, Thank you. you've really, really done a phenomenal job. And I want to take a minute to talk to you a little bit about the business portion, because mm-hmm. you mentioned, yes. <laughs> you, you mentioned, um, I mean, we all know that, you know, it's a black owned business. It's an independent business. I have a series of questions really quickly. Funding. Is it self-funded? Did you do venture capitalists? So we all know that it's very difficult for Black-owned brands to get funding. My mm-hmm. business is completely self-funded. Self-funded. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. I read that. And I read you, that you haven't paid yourself yet? No. You know, I started. I, I took up my first payment a few weeks ago. And it oh, wasn't okay. very much. But I did it to get in the habit of paying myself because I work hard. Yeah. Are you a team of one? I'm a small team of two to three. Okay. Oh, so you've had, okay. You've had, okay. And so did you, um, oh crap. I might, the question just, oh, when did you leave your, your job? When did you decide to do this full time? Um, so right before the pandemic, I got this really incredible six figure job offer. I didn't take the job because I wanted to work on my business because I really believed in it. It just didn't feel right, you know? Wow. But I do plan to practice again very soon because I really love dermatology and representation in dermatology is important. When I was in training, I would walk into the room to see patients and they would have a visible response, even in like in the ER, but especially in dermatology, because they were so happy to see someone who would, who knows firsthand about their skincare or hair concerns. Yeah. 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 I had one, one um, patient in the ER who cried. She said, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. And it, it really moved me. And I thought, you know, growing up, I had the opportunity to see a dermatologist and it really changed my life. And I wanted to, I would sit in class, work on my business. I would also shop and (laughs) I would look for, think of ways how I could make an impact in my community. And so I didn't start this business just to make money. As I said before, it's not a money grab. I, I re, I'm really passionate and care about people. And I think that's my superpower that I care. Mm-hmm. I care about yeah. every order that goes out. I care about the people that receive these products. I care that they're effective. 
And so I decided how I asked myself, how can I help people see a dermatologist? And I, I created this program called the care and skincare initiative. And my goal is to provide dermatologic care to uninsured girls and women first in the Atlanta metropolitan area. And I'll tell you why this is important. So if I want to make, if a person wants to make an appointment to see a dermatologist, it's going to be a few weeks to months wait, depending on which city you're in. Mm -hmm. Not all of us have insurance to see a dermatologist, even if you can wait. Mm -hmm. And when you remember, I was telling you earlier about when you, when you look good, when your skin is clear, you feel good. And it's about confidence. And some diseases manifest themselves first in the skin. Some liver conditions manifest themselves and kidney conditions manifest themselves first in the skin. So if we can help people to be healthier through, you know, taking care of them, I, I think I, it, it would give me a sense of fulfillment and purpose. I love that. I know that's one, but one of the missions of your, of your brand is, um, you know, it says in reading this right off your say at Gilded, we believe that everyone, regardless of their social and or economic status, should have regular access to dermatologic care. Um, so I'm assuming that this, your program that you just discussed is, is how you're fulfilling this. Is there a way that you're also fulfilling this through your, through the product line? So I want to, I've always donated to the local shelter here for um, homeless women. But another, um, not through my product line, I think through the proceeds, through the sales, Mm. yes, I will. But I decided recently, one of the challenges I've had in business and getting to this place is um, not seeing, I guess not being accepted. I had a really difficult time in my program because of racism. And dermatology is the second least diverse medical um, specialty, second only to orthopedics. Okay, Mm. I have to stop you there because one of my best friends is an orthopedic physician. She is just finishing up her residency in Long Island and she has been saying this for the past three years. She complains weekly about how racist they are. And I never really got that. And she would say, you know, that the orthopedic field is really filled with white men, older white men. So she comes into the hospital and she has such an issue. She changes her hair up. She has braids. She's been told it's not, she doesn't look professional. She's probably one of the most professional people you'll ever meet. But so that was very eye-opening to me that, you know, within the medical field, I mean, we know about the disparities of care. We know about even like black maternal health and how much of an issue that is. But I just did not realize how the doctors themselves are facing such racism as being the professionals. It's horrible. And I'm going to give you a short story. So I went to one of the, I went to the top, the number two um, PA program in the country. Come on, Blair. I got accepted. (laughs) It's very competitive. I got accepted during my first application round. And I was so excited. I drove over, took a photo in front of the sign because I thought this is going to be wonderful. 
And this is Emory? Yeah, it was a nightmare because when you're in these programs, you are assigned a, what do you call it? An advisor. Mm -hmm. Within the first 30 days of the program, my advisor told me to quit the program. Oh, he didn't know you. What was? (laughs) Oh, she didn't know you. And and what what exactly was her rationale for such Um, bad advice? Stupidity. (laughs) You know, we're underestimated. We're underestimated. (laughs) And the program, there just aren't people that look like us in the administration or the student body. Mm. So it's very isolating. And what should have been, you know, a really fulfilling and supportive experience was the opposite. And like you mentioned, Dooney, that um, obstetrics and gynecology, we all have heard of the of the um, disparities, disparities in mm-hmm. care for black women. It's just it's like that for dermatology as well. But nobody's talking about it. I'm so happy, you know, that I was able to finish so that other girls know that you can do this. You know, yeah. other black women know that you can go to school. You, you may be one of two or three in your program, but you can, do, can it. do it. Yeah. I that mean, I won't lie to you. So, yeah, go ahead. It, it, it's so important. I, you know, I work in STEM. I have a full-time career in the biotech industry. And one of, and I often feel, you know, like my two worlds, the biotech world, the beauty world, they just, for a long time, I had a problem kind of merging the two. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really continues to fuel me in my career, other than the fact that I genuinely like what I do, I genuinely like being a part of a team that brings new therapies to the market for patients who have no other choice, is that I'm also routinely one of the only, if not the only Black woman where I work or in the rooms that I'm in. And I feel like it's my responsibility to keep showing up just because there's no one who looks like me. I I started a chapter of this, you know, national organization called Women in Bio. I was the, the charter president in Philly and ran it for three and a half years. And part of why it was so important for me to do that was because I wanted people to see a Black woman at the helm of that. And we increased our, you know, the, the membership within the Black community simply because they saw me, simply because I refused to show up at events with only my hair straightened. They were getting whatever was, they were getting but a we twist started out. Today. They were getting braids. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it was on this head was how I was showing up. And it was very intentional because I knew that, you know, it, they, they probably aren't going to see another Black woman in this space. So I, I find that so interesting how that seems to extend across, you know, just all STEM fields, period. Yeah. And so for me, I have very similar experience. I have known that people will judge you before you open your mouth. Like oftentimes we're not given a chance. People decide certain things about you based on their experience. Mm. And they may not be open to getting to know you or just being open-minded. I would come to PA school every morning and address full makeup. I put my rollers in at night for several, for several reasons. Number one, that's just who I am. I'm a glamor girl. (laughs) I, I just like to look nice, you know, and number two, 
I have to, I felt like I had to represent for people who look like me and I want to make a good impression. I want them to say, well, Blair did a great job. We should accept more minority students. Yes. But it also shouldn't, it also shouldn't fucking matter. Like you're if right. You showed no, up, it shouldn't. You it, know, should, it should matter you what's in your brain. Up, exactly. If you showed yeah, up absolutely. with Senegalese twists, you're still yeah. the same fucking doctor and it shouldn't fucking matter. But it matters. Absolutely. But it, yeah, I think it that's matters. the thing, especially within these fields, they just have not progressed the way other fields have. You know, I'm talking, I think about my, my best friend who's an orthopedic resident and it's 2020 and she still has anxiety about going into this hospital. The fact that she's even there as a resident shows that she has proven yes. herself. She got into yeah. medical school. She got she into has better things to worry about program. than her appearance. Thank you. You know, but she is and her whole reason for wearing these braids is because she doesn't want to do her damn hair because she's on call and needs to show up at the hospital at 5 a.m. You know, so the last thing she needs to worry about is hair. So you're right, Talia, it shouldn't matter. But in for some in STEM, it's like it still does. It still does. That's that's part of why I had a, I still have issues with merging my lives is because when yeah. people are in biotech, they don't look at, you know, you show up with a full face of makeup and it's like, oh, where are you going? It's like it's Tuesday. You know, I just yes. felt like putting I just felt like putting on a lip, you know? Right. Like why when I turn zoom on it, oh, are your lashes? You got lashes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I gotta fill in. All right. No, I'm not going anywhere. It's right. just what I like. Like but back to this meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's part of the beauty of black women is like that is just who we are. We are you know, yeah. that's 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 part of who we are. It does not have to be a special occasion for us to take it up a few notches. Talia, you're right. It shouldn't matter. But I can tell you firsthand, it matters. I I never really suffered with anxiety until I was in this medical program. Because it wasn't just the administrators. It was also my classmates. Because people get their ideas about what a Black woman is or who we are from television Mm -hmm. or from wherever. And if you don't look fit that mold, you're isolated, you are ostracized. Mm. And I would cry and be very depressed for the first, I don't know how many months. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, maybe if I dress down, they'll accept me. He said, no, 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 no. He said, we're going to buy more dresses. Yeah, so I, I had a really strong support system of, you know, my spouse saying to me, no, that you don't have to change who you are. It's not you, it's them. Mm. And so by the end of the, you know, however many months it took, took me to get over that, I would say to myself, they're going to get this black girl magic, whether they want it or not. Exactly. Yep. And exactly. Blair, I just really want to congratulate you on the work that you're doing with the non-for-profit because yeah. like it's it's extremely important. Like full time, I work as a as a contracted worker, um, which means that I have Obamacare. And through my insurance earlier, I was able to get a black dermatologist back in 2018 when I was going through my depression. She is no longer in my network. I have not been mm. to the dermatologist since. Since. So I like, I, I mean, the, the work that you're doing is amazing. Like Thank it you. Is definitely needed. And, 
And Talia, I'm, I'm so glad you raised that point because I think a lot of the time when people hear underserved, you know, they think, um, you know, you think poor people, you, you think people who just can't rub a dime and a nickel together, but underserved means a variety of yeah. things. You know, Talia is a, a, a smart and ambitious woman. It's not like she's just sitting at home waiting mm-hmm. on a handout. You Welfare know queen. I mean? Welfare yeah. queen. <laughs> you know, like, she's all, you know, so I think that, um, that just even you saying that to Leah, it really shows the, the, how vast what it is we're discussing in terms of, you know, people who really need these services. Yeah. I mean, where do you think models get there? I mean, there's no model union. Where do you think we get your insurance from? That's a good point. Yeah. Like, you know? And so one of the other things I do is I mentor um, girls who want to go to PA school. And I have one mentee now who's applying for um, the upcoming cycle. And hopefully as my business continues to be profitable, I'm going to give book scholarships so that that's one less thing they have to worry about. At Emory University PA School, I know my books are paid for. And as I grow, Mm. hopefully I'll be able to do more. Because we, we, like you said, it's 2021. You should be able to see a doctor who looks like you or a PA who looks like you. But more importantly, the training programs and curriculum should have some training on not just one skin type. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just to go back to even the your counselor who said what she said, I think about how many people I knew in undergrad whose counselors told, Black people, whose counselors told them that they should think of another career path besides medicine. And it now makes me realize, like, that this type of discouragement starts early on yeah you know per- it starts yeah it's and, and it's intentional to keep us down exactly and it's pervasive it's intentional. yes mm-hmm. absolutely they, you know people would always say organic chemistry is the weed out class I know everybody white wasn't passing the damn class I know everybody Asian wasn't passing that class but I don't know how many of them and I you know because I was a chemistry major I, my friends were black white and you know whoever was in the, those classes but like thinking back, they were always the black students who would be like, well, I'm thinking about dropping and going another route because my counselor said she doesn't think that I'm going to be competitive enough, competitive enough for medical school. And that's when I say the validation is for parking. Fuck what they say. You do <laughs> you. You do not quit. Even when people are against you, you do not quit. But that's really hard. Yeah, it is. It is. Because when you're especially when you're. At that age, think about that. If we're talking about 19, 20-year-olds, you're like, damn, well, maybe I should do something else. Maybe this isn't really yeah. for me, you know. I remember telling my younger brother who did engineering, and he was maybe junior year, and he was like, you know, he's not doing well. Da-da-da. And I said, let me say something. I said, C's, get degrees, okay? I said, just stick with it. It's okay. You don't have to be at the top of the top. You know, and I, I was like, you don't, you'll be fine. Like if I, if this is what you want to do, don't drop out of it because you don't have a 4.0 and everybody's telling you that that's what you need. No, you'll be fine. You know, that's blackness. You know, we, we often feel like we can't afford to be mediocre. You know, yes. we, we have to, that's a fact. We can't just be George Bush. Like we got to yeah. be Obama. <laughs> 
H and W. Both. The whole fucking family. But you know, one of the things that's important to consider is that grades are not always indicative of how you will perform. Some people need more hands-on or more instruction on the job training or, you know, test scores and grades are not always, you know, just accurate predictors of how people will do a job. Exactly. At my first job out of undergrad, I worked at L'Oreal as a formulation chemist. There was no class in school that taught me how to make exactly. hair styling products. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. There was no, <laughs> no beauty class. <laughs> no, nobody told me how to make a perm in college. Nobody told me how to make mousse and all, like it was all learned on the job. On the so job. Sometimes yeah. I think back and it's like, what if I would have talked myself out of it? You know, yeah. even the career that I'm in now, I don't use my chemistry degree. I don't, I don't, like I'm not there. I'm not figuring out any kind of reactions or whatever it is. It's all stuff that I've learned on the job. And industry change. I mean, I was a marketing yes. major. Now, now it's like digital marketing. Like what that's the fuck very, do I know true. from, from my degree? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> point. We're talking about ads and newspapers, okay? Yep. <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. Talia, do you want to get into uh, segments? Let's get into these segments. Okay. Um, so let's, Beauty we could tip. do beauty tip, beauty tip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we just introduced these segments a few weeks ago. So beauty tip is when each of us gives a, whatever our favorite beauty tip is, um, whether it's like a beauty tip you just discovered within that week or whatever your holy grail tip is, just something to share with the listeners that you think that they might benefit from. So yeah, we'll, I like it. We'll start, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. So my beauty tip is from um, founder and celebrity facialist, Joanna Vargas. She says that her number one skincare tip is drink a green juice every day. Now, she didn't tell us what goes into this green juice, (laughs) but she did say that the ingredients in the juice help oxidate the skin and stimulate lymphatic drainage. So it's de-puffing too. She says that if you start by eating an avocado every day or throwing it into your smoothie, avocado supplies the skin with healthy fats and should bring back your glow. So I chose that one because we were talking about lymphatic drainage. So I'm like, if you, you know, get you a green juice, you do some some dry brushing, like your shit should be straight. I told my mom I'm gonna stop cursing. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, Blair. I heard you on the pod and you always, I was like, I know. <laughs> Blair, you, uh, you like covered your face when, when Talia was talking about some of the aspects of this tip. What, what was this reaction that we What do saw? you know that I don't know? <laughs> um, I'll give you some green juice suggestions later. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 We need um. So I am going to go with mine and mine is extremely, extremely basic. Um, it might be controversial. Actually, I'm very interested, Blair, in how you're going to react to this. Dude, what are you but... saying? Basic and controversial. I'm like on edge. What is <laughs> what? You're going to be so disappointed when I say it. You're going to be like, girl, you that build up for that. So I, I have been... Um, I think I might've talked about this before. I've essentially been putting Vaseline on my face as the very last step of my night care routine um, to just kind of seal everything in. 
And I, I love how my face looks in the morning. Like I, I really, really love it. And you know, when I first heard about this, I was kind of averse to it because I was like, that's a lot. Like that's very, like, I'm not putting petroleum jelly, you know, <laughs> on my face. Um, but I've, I've been doing it consistently and, and I love it. It's called slugging. It. It's a whole thing on the internet. I, I know, black, but I'm just. Black people have been doing that forever. It's called what we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just started putting it on as the last. I'm not disappointed step. at all. Like, as the, I think as the last great thing. I'm not, and I'm I'm just, just, I do. And I think why I said basic is because sometimes, and I struggle with this, sometimes you just got to remind yourself of the basics, similar to what you said, Blair. Like, mm-hmm. I think I, you know, I have these periods, I get very caught up in like, oh, I'm using this cream and I'm using this, mm-hmm. and I'm using this, put it all on. And it's like, girl, just, you know, grab the aquaphor, grab the Vaseline and slap that on and let that be. Are you putting it on after moisturizer or is it a substitute for moisturizer? After moisturizer. So literally Which is the is perfect my- place. Because mm-hmm. it functions as an occlusive <laughs> and traps in whatever you've put on and softens overnight. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So my tip is if in the winter, fall and winter months, if you if your skin on your body's really dry, try a combination of oil and I don't like lotions, but I like more of a thicker consistency, more of a balm-like texture. So okay. You'll want to put on like the balm texture. I mean, the balm product first and then follow up with the oil. That's my beauty tip for the Mm. softest, most luxurious feeling skin ever. It really Really? What's your go-to balm and oil? So the Supreme Body Balm Mm -hmm. and Baby Oil. Come on, back to basic. This is interesting because just a couple of weeks ago, my tip was Mm -hmm. putting a body oil on like right after you get out of the shower, like not even drying yourself, but putting that lotion, that oil on and then putting your body butter on. So now I'm going to have to do it in the reverse too. It's really good. You can, your way is good too. Either or, either Either or. or. Always so many ways, you know? Yeah. Long as you get it on. (laughs) (laughs) right okay let's move into beauty moment so beauty moment is with over the past week if you anything that's like good bad ugly whatever it is relating to beauty so some things we've talked about before I've talked about um how I cope with laser hair removal we've talked about like struggling with breakouts that week or you know um Talia had like a twitch in her eye a couple weeks still ago do, still do still do <laughs> you know so just things that like it could even be you know you caught a glimpse of yourself Tuesday morning and you were like I look good as hell like whatever it is just any kind of beauty moment that you know you've had so so, um, so I'll start this one off. So I am currently in Miami, um, not with all of the spring breakers. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> I've made an effort to put makeup on the last couple of days. And I've been using this serum foundation from LYS Beauty. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I really have liked the way that I look. Like it doesn't, I'm not putting a lot on. It's been just a little bit. And I, because I've been taking care of my skin and being very intentional about my like skincare, I think that that's part of why it just 
kind of glows like you. I like it. I've, I've been really proud of myself because I am very lazy when it comes to actually applying um, makeup. And I have, I've been intentional. Talia, I know you're waiting for me to send you a picture and a video. You know, I was, I was waiting for you to finish your already, so I, I already you know. Out. I know. Okay. I, was, I know I have homework. I was like, oh, if she doesn't put on makeup every day, I better give out four, five, six. But all I'm, I'm just trying to let everybody know that's my beauty moment that I have, you know, mm-hmm. actually taken the time to apply some product to my face. Listeners, you will see photos and videos. <laughs> Because if she's been putting on makeup every day, I expect Lord. content. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my beauty moment is the complete opposite. So I left um, California. I've been in California for three months. And now I'm back in Chicago. And my skin has reacted terribly. Um, <laughs> it's been breaking out all week. It's just these little bumps. Um, my skin texture is harsh. But I think it's a combination of the climate. So being in in colder weather, especially because like it did Mm. snow here, um, inconsistent sleep hours. My job is on the East Coast. So while in LA, I was working 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, you know, that's changed. And just stress, you know, just like, I I think the, the culmination of it has really just kind of broken me out and I'm still struggling with it you can't see right now I have a, a pretty filter on my zoom so mm. but it's been a rough week it'll get better girl from your mouth <laughs> to God's ears <laughs> amen <laughs> what about so you Blair? mine is okay so all last year I worked so hard and I really neglect neglected myself so now that I thought, you know, we've been vaccinated, you know, the world's going to open up soon. Let me reclaim my status as Supreme <laughs> Glamour Girl. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got my brows done and I'm really happy about it. And it made me feel good. And they look good. Good for you. Thank and you. they do look good. Now, do you get yeah. them waxed? Do you get them threaded? I get them waxed. And tinted sometimes. I was just going to ask that. Okay. But I have naturally full brows. So, you know, tinting just helps them look a little more done. A little yeah. 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 So next, I was supposed to get a manicure this weekend, but I'm sort of rebuilding myself and restarting all of my things I like to do. Nice. Oh, we have our final question. I don't want it to end. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Our final question um, is why does booty, booty, our final question (laughs) is why, I can't even talk. Our final question is why does beauty need you? So beauty needs me because I have a unique perspective a valuable perspective and I make beauty look better. Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much, Blair. It was great chatting with you. No, thank you. I can't, this was incredible. I really mean, I'm sorry, sad for it to end. I wish we could (laughs) go on and on. This was wonderful. We'll do a part two. Part I was going to say, we can always do a part two. Absolutely. We own the show. To. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beauty Needs Me fam. Until next time. Bye. Bye.